MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit winnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. And next, we're also brought to you by PicksWise. PicksWise is the number one app for free sports betting picks, props, and parlays. Download the free PicksWise app now to make your next bet better. And finally, we're brought to you by OddsCrowd. Are you the best football better in the United States? OddsCrowd challenges you to prove it with their free-to-play fantasy betting contest. OddsCrowd gives away hundreds of dollars in weekly contests, including the $100 SGPN exclusive free roll. That's on OddsCrowd. And of course, while we're here, don't forget to download the SGPN app. It is your home for all of our free picks, news, and podcasts. It's right in the palm of your hand, and you can get it wherever it is you download apps. Howdy ho, DeGenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Episode 76 is going to be dedicated to 1976, which is the best year for a wife to be born. So I hear. Who would I be? I like to say at the starting of every podcast, I would be Jeff Fox, your host. Thank you for coming to the show once again and for making us uh, smash hit all over the world. Every continent, pretty much, we're... uh, we're everyone's favorite MMA gambling podcast, or at least everyone's favorite podcast name, the MMA gambling podcast on the sports gambling podcast network. As I said, um, if you came for hilarious banter, you're probably in the right spot. If you came for bad jokes, you're probably in the right spot. If you came for um, blazing hot picks, you're definitely in the right spot because myself and my associate co-host are on fire. Well, I still am. He uh, technically has had to, We'll have to have, have have a little talk with him about this. He's had two bad weeks in a row now. Um, I think we're going to have to uh, straighten him out here. But um, maybe we should introduce him first. Um, I think I call him the prettiest purple belt around. Hopefully he gets his brown belt soon in jiu-jitsu so I can stop calling him pretty. Um, that would be – and no more long intros because our shows are too jam-packed now with, with actually good content. So I don't need to waste time anymore. So let's just get right down to introducing the <laughs> – Prettiest purple belt around, Daniel Gumby Breland. I like that. It didn't get shortened because they don't need to introduce me like that anymore. It's just because right. now we have we have, we have actual shit to talk about. We do. <laughs> we yeah. This show is packed with stuff to talk about. So, um, do we want to talk about John Jones being arrested? I don't really. Um, for, What's it for, to say? For really? two reasons. Yeah, for two reasons. I'll I'll summarize this real quick. Number one. He hasn't fought in a while and is like, I'm not going to say irrelevant, but seemingly irrelevant at this point, right? Like he, he hasn't, yeah. he, he's not like an MMA guy right now, as far as we're concerned. You know, all we know is that he's bulking up. You know, I talked to Devin Clark and I was like, what can you tell me about John Jones? He's like, oh, he's bigger and still training. And you're like, oh, cool. That's, that's fun. I can definitely turn that into an article. Um, So yeah, like nothing going on with him, A, and then B, there's no details out on what he did, right? Like, there, there's the 
there's the list of, of charges, right? It's, there's some sort of domestic battery in there somewhere, which can mean a whole bunch of different things. There's tampering with a vehicle, which I don't even I, I don't even know what that would entail. Did he slash somebody's tires? Like, I, so it would just be us sitting here speculating. But like, the bottom line is John Jones gonna John Jones, um, and I don't really care. Exactly. You know how like the New York Times and big papers like that they have like archives full of. Um, obituaries of living celebrities ready to roll out as soon as the person actually dies. Um, I think that's what all the big MMA news sites have. They have like the John Jones got arrested article ready to roll. And whenever it happens, they just plug in whatever you got charged with this time and throw her out there. Ready yeah, to roll. They, they should if they don't. Like <laughs> one of the, one of the places I wrote for in their, like uh, in their Slack channel had written, that oh man, can you believe this happened? And everybody else was like, yes, yes, we can yes. believe this happened. <laughs> yes, we can. But yeah, I don't care either. This sport is yeah. He he had his chance to be the biggest um, biggest thing in the sport, and sports kind of kind of passed him by. Um, it it doing quite well without him. Uh, Conor McGregor, Ronda Rousey, uh, people like that actually made this sport explode more than, than John Jones ever did inside the ring or out. So, or cage or out. So, um, moving, I, I guess the only other real, um, interesting or unfortunate bit of news is Aljamain Sterling is out of his fight against P- Peter Jan. So let's, uh, put on your matchmaking hat, Dan. What are you going to do about this situation? Peter Jan has no opponent. Aljamain Sterling, the current champ, um, disputed current champ is is out of action. What do you what do you do? So I, I've heard a lot of different ideas here, but but based on who is healthy, when they're healthy, and when they want this fight to take place, it seems like, and, and all the rumors are pointing to this too. It seems like there is only one name that is even possible for this title fight, and it's Corey Sanhagen coming off That's the TJ Dillashaw loss. Too, yeah. yeah, because TJ Dillashaw's knee is still jacked up. Which, by the way. Corey Sanhagen did. So, I mean, like, if you're going to get all pissed that, you know, we're going to watch two guys coming off a loss fight for a title, uh, you know, Corey Sanhagen, the reason he's getting the fight is because he injured TJ Dillashaw, which, hey, maybe that's the the ultimate win right there is that heel hook attempt. Um, You know, I heard Rob Font isn't ready until, like, January or, you know, late December or something like that. And, you know, Aljamain Sterling might be ready by then. So why, why would they wait for Rob Font at that point? And then, like, I mean, I guess you could probably throw around the name Jose Aldo, but like, because he looked really good against Pedro Munoz, but I, I don't know. I actually find the fight between Piotr Jan and Corey Sanhagen to be ridiculously exciting. Because I, I yep. kind of thought, I kind of thought Piotr Jan was going to blow through uh, Sterling again, like he did the first time. And I was kind of hoping Sanhagen beat TJ Dillashaw because I thought that would be a fun matchup. I think it's going to be a fun matchup if they do it in October. Like, good on Sanhagen for getting that title shot. Uh, and I'd love to see, like, if he by some way beat Piotr Jan, him versus Aljamain Sterling in a rematch for the belt is kind of fun, too. Yeah, and it seems like they do want to still make this happen at UFC 267, which is the end of next month. Um, it's a... It's a it's a numbered event, but it's not a pay per view. It's going to actually be on uh, free TV or free cable, or I guess it's not technically free, but it's not going to be a pay per view. Um, they already have a title fight on that card, but apparently they they still want, or at least Piotr Jan still wants to fight on the card. So 
do you make it for the in, interim title? Do you make it for the the full title? What do you do? Match I can't. Down? I can't imagine Piotr Jan. Well, for, first of all, I don't think you can you can strip Aljamain yet. Like uh, you can do whatever you want. You're the matchmaker, Dan. I'm saying you shouldn't strip Aljamain. Okay. Because because <laughs> like you know not for anything. You might not like how he won the title, but he's not like holding this division hostage right now, right? Like he, he's only been the champ for a little bit, and he's backed out of exactly one fight and it's due to a neck injury, just not healing as fast as he wants. So make it for an interim because Piotr Jan's not going to fight for it. If it's not an interim title fight. So make it an interim title fight. It makes the Jan versus Teixeira card look even better, especially because it, like, if you go down that card, not a ton of name value on that card. Like other fights that are of like kind of note are like Alexander Volkov and Marcin Tybura or like, Magomed Ankyalev is fighting Volkan Ozdemir. Like, those are fun fights and, like, meaningful in their division. But, like, maybe not all that exciting. Islam Makachev was supposed to fight Rafael Dos Anjos, but it sounds like Dos Anjos is also pulling out of that fight now. So, yeah, like, you know, not for anything. I, I think that card could use a title fight anyway. Um, you know, and I'm I'm not the biggest proponent of a whole bunch of interim title fights, but in this case, I, I say just make it for an interim title fight, make it Sanhagen Jan, uh, and have the winner fight. You know, Aljo sometime in February. You forgot the Golden Child and the the Prodigal Son is coming back in that event. Hamzat Chimayab is on that card, is he not? Is Kamzat, is Kamzat Chimaev in the, yeah. Is he fighting? Chimaev. Um, oh, I'm going to say that any different than you, just to show you it's, up. It's Kamzat Chimaev. <laughs> am, am I wrong about that? It's, uh, oh, yeah, he's fighting Lee Jingliang. Yeah, he yeah. sure is. The leech, yes. Who, who, right, is, so, who is low-key hmm. kind of fun? Uh, again, but like those yeah. three fights, Magomed Ankulev and, oh, and Ozdemir, Volkov and Tybura, Chimaev and, and Jingliang, like, the biggest name value out of that is probably Chemaev. And I, I don't know about you, but I kind of feel like the hype on Chemaev is, is out the door after all of that time. Like, the thing about people, the thing about him that made people hype on him was that he fought three times in 15 days or twice in six days or, like, what? It's not as fun if he's just you know, like, if he's fighting every other year and it's fighting against Li Jingliang. Like, you know, so I feel like the hype's kind of gone on him, too. So, yeah, Tai Tuivasa's fun. Tai Tuivasa's fighting on that card. <laughs> yep. Free, free card, though, so it should be good regardless. We watch everything anyhow, so who are we? I like, I, I like Jan. For, for the record, I love Jan Blankovic versus Glover Teixeira. I think it's yep. weird as hell. You've got a guy who nobody thought was going to be champion versus a guy who people thought was going to be champion, but like 10 years ago people thought he was going to be champion. you got one guy who hits hard. you got one guy who grapples well. It is fucking weird as shit, and I love it. I said we had a pack show and now we went down a rabbit hole about a pay-per-view that's happening in over a month so that's, that's what you get <laughs> on this year's show um and then we lost another main event coming up we lost misha tate and ketlin Vieira, which was supposed to be the 16th i believe of october um covid strikes again misha tate uh caught it this time so that one's going to be bumped down the line a bit so now we're going to get home versus norma dumont as the main event in that card i know what else i was gonna do uh you know how we always like um, we number episodes and we always like dedicate it to someone. How about this is episode seventy six? Tell me who. The, see how smart Dan is. He's pretty smart. 
with these things. Who had who headlined UFC seventy six, Dan? UFC seventy six. So it's this gotta be seventy six episodes. So UFC seventy six has gotta be in the era of like so that's like the Tito Ortiz, Chuck Liddell, uh, Rich Franklin, just BJ Penn era. So I'm assuming it's a title fight. Nope, not a title fight. But you mentioned one of the one of the people already. Oh, it's Chuck Liddell versus um uh the Dean Amin, Keith Jardine. Wow, you did it! Amazing. <laughs> you, I mean, you you gave me a huge you gave me a huge yeah. hint by saying it was one not of the really. ones I said. But uh, were you I mean, watching that, it at that point? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yep. I remember this one too. Yep. I want to um, say I want to say the first ones I like watched. I'm not going to say live because a lot of my early watching was like uh, when I first got internet, watching the results pop up on UFC.com because unless it was on Spike TV, I couldn't really watch it. My parents weren't going to pay fifty bucks. But I want to say like I started like following along to like if not every event, almost every event, like in the late fifties, early sixties. Like, UFC 65, I was probably, like, full-on into it. But, like, before then, I was, like, sort of into it. Um, well, this, and yeah, and largely, largely, thanks, largely thanks to my main man, uh, Chris Lieben. He was, uh, oh, yeah. he was like, the driving force to get me super into MMA. Once again, Ultimate Fighter. Always comes back to Ultimate Fighter with Dan. Yeah. We like, learned on this, so. But, like, he was on – but so, under Ultimate Fighter, yes. But, like, I wasn't – like, I wasn't watching the Ultimate Fighter 1 live. Like, I wasn't around watching that. But I did watch, like, uh, after the Ultimate Fighter when he was fighting – like, he fought on, like, three or four straight fight night cards on Spike TV in, like, 2005 right. or 2006. Yeah. He fought Jorge Rivera and Luigi Fioravanti and, like – Who's that guy he, like, came back and knocked out? Terry Martin. He Terry Martin had him, like, all but knocked out, and he, like, came back and knocked out Terry Martin. All of that was happening, like, right around my senior year of high school. I got really into MMA because of Chris Lieben. There you go, Chris Lieben. So, yeah, Jardine pulled off the shocking split decision win over Chuck Liddell. The homemade event the was also career, hmm? the way, in, that, that guy's got the most fun career in history. If oh, you yeah. look back, yes. he beat but also who he lost to, like, like wins over, like he beat Rampage and Chuck Liddell, right? Am I wrong about that? Or or Chuck Liddell and Forrest Griffin or something like that. He might've beaten Forrest. Uh, But then he has like losses to like Houston Alexander and Stephen Bonner. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Now the co-main event that night also was a light heavyweight fight and it also was a upset. Do you remember what the co-main event was? Oh, it's light heavyweights at that time. That's before the Pride kids are coming over, right? No. So, oh, it's so. Oh, there, there's you're the always nail, you're oh, nailing it. Shogun. <laughs> yeah. You're mad. Listen, listen to this guy. And let me see. So I guess Shogun's still technically active in the UFC, I guess. Um, who else on this card is still active in the UFC? Jeremy Stevens. And I think Handsome Matt Wyman is done now, right? So that would not be him. Um, or maybe he should be done if he's not already. Yeah, he, he got slammed out by um, <laughs> Jordan Levitt, and it was yep. bad. Yeah, and I don't think he and should again. fight ever again after that one. There you go. Well, Dan's decided. So, all right, enough uh, walk down memory lane. We got we got to talk about how amazing one of us did uh, last night with our picks. But first, let me tell you about how amazing WinBet is. Ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get an 
in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From booster parlays to live in-game odds in every major sport, we have what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Risk-free. $1,000 sports bet. Download, bet, and win. Download the WinBet app now or visit winnbet.com to start winning. Let's talk about PropSwap, too, now that I got all your attention. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Go and check out the new PropSwap.com, which is packed with fresh features like filtering tickets based on value to find the best odds available, browse the activity feed to stay in the know, and the loyalty rewards program that turns sales into extra cash and much more. Use promo code SGP, of course, on your first deposit, and PropSwap will match it up to $500. If you love sports betting, you need to be using PropSwap. With PropSwap, your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. When making your bets, always make sure to go for two. Make two tickets on the same team or player so you can sell one for a profit and keep one to leave yourself some skin in the game. Thousands of buyers across the country are shopping for tickets on PropSwap every day. Get started today by going to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. All right, so Gummy, what's your problem? Two weeks in a row, you've lost money. What's the deal here? You're 15, uh, I, and, 15 and 10, but you're down like almost 200 bucks. I will say this. So you, you, you can say almost 200 bucks. <laughs> How close was I to probably not just profiting last night, but also probably beating you in the money line? How close was I in the first round of that very last prelim? Yes. Uh, I thought Mother Morass was... Uh, and he did exactly what I said he was going to yeah. do. <laughs> and and the fight should have been stopped multiple times for, for both guys. Yeah, it was like uh, it was like Herb Dean was roughing it, but he wasn't. Uh, I think Keith Peterson had a had a ticket in on uh, Rab Davila-Shavilla like I did because he, he uh, let him hang around uh, enough. That was a wild fight. He let him hang around enough to, to win the fight. So, but... Uh, close doesn't count in only counts in like horseshoes and hand grenades or something, Dan. So, but I will just seven, say hmm. I was I was you're right. Close doesn't count, but <laughs> when you're saying what's wrong, nothing's wrong. I had that yeah. fight pegged. Fucking, <laughs> I had that pet fight pegged perfect. I knew exactly what Marlon Marias was going to do. I knew exactly what Marab Davilashvili was going to do, and then for some reason, Marab is like, and, and we're definitely jumping the gun talking about this fight. Marab is way more durable than I gave him credit for. That's yep. an, that is an insane <laughs> fight, dude. <laughs> and Marlon Marais' chin is shot like I was trying to tell you. He's shot. He got knocked out multiple times. Multiple times for ground and pound, he got knocked out and woke him back up. I don't think his chin is shot. I think he took a bunch of hard shots. <laughs> like he well, wasn't three, in a, three fights in a row, Dad. But I, I would so. say, but I would say this though. He his. I would say I was more worried about his cardio in that fight than yeah. I was his chin. Because, like, when he fell the guard and he was just not protecting his face and then he went out, that's not indicative of a bad chin. You walk into a whole bunch of punches and you get knocked out. That's called being a human being, uh, which apparently Marab Devalishvili isn't. That's why he got the nickname The Machine. No. But well, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, okay, but so I, I don't think Marlon Marais' chin is shot. He, like, no. stuck around for some pretty big shots, too. And, yeah, okay, so it looked like he went out in that first round with some ground pound. After 37 freaking hammer fists, like, like it's normal to, to maybe go out after that. And he took all those and then still got up and fought the next round. So 
All right, you you keep picking him. He's uh, TKO'd in three straight fights and four or five, but he's not against shot, against Corey Sanhagen, Henry Cejudo, Marab Defalashvili, and Rob Font. Yeah, okay. I, and, and I'm, they're all knockout artists, are they? Um, two, <laughs> I, I'd say a bunch of them are. I mean, like who's not a knockout artist in there? Just Marab Devalishvili, right? You're Rob you're Font knocks out on people. this hill, Dan. Rob Font knocks out people all the time. Corey Sanhagen knocked out Frankie Edgar with the craziest flying knee ever. And uh, Henry Cejudo knocked out TJ Dillashaw, who's never been knocked out. So, yeah, I'll, I'll take them all as knockout artists with the exception of Marab Dabalashvili. And that is a knockout via just having an insane amount of cardio. Corey Sanhagen, six knockouts and 14 wins. You think that, 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 could, that uh, qualifies as knockout artist? Um, Rob eight. Eight out of nineteen wins—that's a knockout artist. I would, I would say Corey Sanhagen's <laughs> knockouts would be higher if that's what he leaned on more often. Uh, like I think if he just decided to go in there and throw with everybody, he'd knock more people out. Uh, but like if you look back at most of his like early fights, all of his early fights are just taking people down and rear naked choking them or triangle choking them or whatever or grinding them out to a decision. He armbarred Mario Batista. Like, if he stood and traded with everybody he fought on the regional circuit, he'd have some crazy record with that, too. I just like that you're, you're going to die in the Marlon Moraes. I'm, uh, I'm going to die. Dan's immortal. He's not going to die. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well. Um, we don't have to talk about that fight when we go down the No, we now. don't necessarily. <laughs> Dan, Dan didn't totally suck. He was 7-5, and five, so that's we promised you mediocre results, and we've – He's uh, seven to five is not that bad. He lost some money. He hit an underdog, uh, which we'll go through. Um, so the past six weeks since we started our hot streak, Dan, um, you're 48 and 23 now, 68 percent uh, winning percentage, and you're up about 1,200 bucks. So no shame in that game uh, whatsoever. And for me, haha, I went 10 and two yesterday night, Dan. It was a very very chalky night, luckily. Yeah, you, I you went real chalky. You went real chalky and it stayed real chalky. And 11, 11 out of 13 were chalky. Or 10, 10 out of our 12 picks were, were all chalk. So, yeah, it was a very uh, – sometimes it pays off. You just got to go with how – it doesn't really matter. I don't really care about the lines too much when I'm making picks. So it's not like I I make my picks and then go, oh, I got to change some so I have underdogs. So it just just the way it worked out. So over six weeks, I am at 49 and 22 now. I moved ahead of you, Dan, uh, 69%. We're still – we're both – insanely good but you're up in the money on that uh over the past six weeks i'm only up but 800 bucks you're up 1200 so and on the year i am up to 58 percent now which is awesome i'm trying to i was trying to get to 60 and i'm uh putting the pedal to the metal to get there you're up to 55 and for the money you've lost 200 bucks less than i have <laughs> we both yes, are, are down lots money, of money though <laughs> the money lead is all that i care about and it resets yep. in december anyway but like the, I, i'm looking for the 2021 money lead and that's just – that's basically one fight. That's like you hitting one of your stupid, weird underdogs that, that you pull out of your ass. We're going to call Gerald Mearshart and tell him he's he's awesome. And then also, <laughs> yep. uh, was it Montserrat Ruiz? Yeah. Yes. She's fighting again soon, so I know who you'll be picking in. <laughs> I don't All know. Right. After um, her last performance, I'm not sure. <laughs> like, she, she, she made me look real good, but, like, now I have Gerald Mearshart, so I, like, don't yeah. have to stand by her anymore. If she's fighting somebody who should beat her up this time, I think I had probably have to go with the person. Do you know who she's fighting? Oh, I can't remember. Uh, oh, Mallory Martin. I'll have the intern look it up. Now, Mallory uh, Martin. 
Um, Definitely, right? Yeah, I'll think about that one at least. Okay, cool. Well, this this train's uh, chugging down the line, Dan. Um, where are we headed to? Where are we headed to next? Um, I guess we can break down the fights, can't we? We, the fight we just broke down, uh, the village villain, Marias. You would think, oh, that's that's fight of night for sure, right? That's like maybe even a fight of a year, a fight of the year contender, right? But no, not last night because the main event um, lived up to its main event status. Is Alexander Volkanovsky? put a whooping on Brian Ortega, yet he came closest to losing uh, the fight. It just shows the razor-thin margins you're dealing with here uh, in MMA, uh, which makes gambling on it, um, I guess you could say exciting, also nerve-wracking, because uh, Volkanovski was clearly in control of basically the whole fight, 99% of the fight, hence the 49-46, 50-45, 50-44 scores, yet he almost got tapped out at least twice that he should yeah. have been a normal person in the same person, round in the, in the same, same round, round. A, per, a person not named Benson Henderson probably would have been tapped out that that by reminded me of uh you remember Hen- Henderson and Cerrone from WEC when yeah. uh Henderson just wouldn't tap out Cerrone had him in so many uh submissions and he just wouldn't tap out that's what that's what that reminded me of he just yeah. gritted his way out of those those submissions and it wasn't even gritting his way out of him, too. It was just, like, refusing to give him the angle he needed to finish any of them. Because, like, uh, you know, the guillotine was good, but if you look, Ortega's flat on his back in the guillotine for some of it, which is a hard, it's a hard place to finish it. And then when he went to readjust, he, he got out. And then uh, in the triangle choke, actually, he had a pretty good angle in the triangle choke, now that I think about it. He, he probably should have been able to finish that. I have no idea why that didn't work. T-City, right. baby, T-City. It just goes to show you, too, Volkanovski is probably one of those bastards who is like, you're going to put me out or yeah. uh, I'm going to find a way out, but you're, you're not going to get me to tap. So, um, or, or to him. He's going to tire you out, so you have to, so you have to let loose. Yeah. He, I mean, he looked – it's the exact reason I picked him when we did our breakdown show is, like, he goes in with the – most perfect game plan for whoever he is fighting. And he yep. makes you fight the fight you don't want to fight. And for a second there in the third round, he did slip a little bit into Ortega's game plan, which is kind of crazy. But uh, it's also kind of crazy that, that only one judge gave Ortega that round. Like, or- Ortega should have won the third round. I, I had that, yeah, yeah. you know, like, uh, probably... That's hard to say, though. Like, he but, almost had him beat twice, but every every other minute of that round he was getting destroyed like he was getting ground and pounded like yeah he was I, he was close to having the fight getting stopped because uh, he was getting ground and pounded so hard i i think i'd still probably give it to it was close uh, ortega because those, those submissions look so especially the triangle like uh, people talking about the guillotine a lot the triangle was better than the guillotine and Dan Carney uh, said they were it, it, it was tight dan it was tight yeah he's he, got to lock in he picked up right where Joe Rogan left off. I know exactly. I, I caught him. He, he loves Joe Rogan so much. I, I caught him saying it's in deep uh, one time, and then another time he said something about somebody with big muscles getting tired, and I was like, yeah, man, it's like right. it's yeah. like Joe never left. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, what's his name? What's that? What's that commentator's name again? I can't remember. What's his name? The guy we we're just talking about. Oh, Daniel Cormier. <laughs> yes. Right. Sorry. That's the guy. That's the guy. Yeah. Anyhow, um, was that really fight of the night? Now I'm thinking back. Was it really fight of the night when one guy just got like his face rearranged the whole so. fight, pretty much? I think pretty so. one sided though. 
I think that one and Marab Tavalashvili versus yeah. Marlon Elias should have been like you could have given either of them fight of the yeah. night. I'd have no yeah. problem. The weird thing for me though was that like, so they decided the main event was fight of the night, and I would always rather give it to a prelim. But also these two guys on the prelims aren't getting paid awfully either, right? Like Tavalashvili yeah, and Marab right, right. are probably getting paid pretty nice now anyway. But the thing I would say is it was really weird that Dana White then gave Marab Tavalashvili a performance bonus, um, which yeah. is a, that's a weird move on on their part because Marab didn't look good. Like, I, I don't know about you. I didn't leave that fight being like, oh, I can't wait to bet on Marab Tavalashvili next time he fights. I was like, damn, if anybody forces this dude to keep it standing, he's screwed, right? Like, he, yeah. he's not a good striker. Um, they were talking about him like, oh, he's able to be rest, like reckless on the feet because he's got so, such good wrestling. That didn't pay off well for him in this fight. And, like, somebody hits a little bit harder, puts him straight to sleep. Like, I, I know a lot of people are like, he's trouble for a lot of people in this division, which I think is true. Piotr Jan would end his life. Piotr Jan would make him look bad um, because he's not taking Piotr Jan down, and his striking is going to look awful next to Piotr. So... Yeah, like, I didn't leave that fight thinking Rob was good. And then they gave him a performance bonus in at the cost of giving one to Matthew Samelisberger, who knocked a dude out in 15 <laughs> yes. seconds. What? And that dude could use 50K. Right? Like, yep. That guy deserves his 50K. Very least, uh, based on his last name, cut the guy some slack, right? He's probably Samel- had a rough life. <laughs> With Samelisberger? I don't know. Exactly. It's, it's like Semi the Jedi nickname now. <laughs> it's true. All right, so uh, what's next for Volkanovski? Is it Holloway or Rodriguez, whoever wins that fight? Or only if what? Holloway wins it? Here's my here's my prediction. Uh, that fight never winds up being Holloway versus uh, Yaya Rodriguez. It winds up being Holloway versus Giga Chikadze on short notice. Uh, and then the winner of yeah, that, for sure. Yeah, because, like, so, uh, I, I trust Rodriguez is, is good enough. Uh, and, like, if he had beat Max Holloway, we'd sure be talking about him for a title shot. But, like, I, he keeps falling out of fights for, like, weird reasons. Um, and, like, look, Giga Chikadze would fight anybody at any time that he plays. So, like, Holloway versus Giga, I'm here for it. And the winner should definitely get a title shot. I'll also say this. I just saw a post. Uh, I think it was from Mark Henry, the not the world's strongest man, but the uh, <laughs> coach in New Jersey. You like that wrestling crossover reference? Yeah. yeah. Um, so the coach in New Jersey, uh, not the the pro wrestler, but um, he said that Zabit Megamed Sharapov is back, which oh, um, that's good. Yeah, probably he not. retired, didn't he? Yeah, that's or great. like there was weird stuff happening, whatever it was, but um, probably not title shot worthy yet, but probably also not no. all that many fights away. So I'd watch him versus Giga. That would be a lot of fun. Anybody versus Giga would be probably, or, or is the beat versus anyone's fun. So um, other of those guys, but you put them together as double the fun. Yeah. But I would say um, you're right. You're man, probably right. Max, Max versus Yair's winner is probably next for, for bulk. Yes. Uh, co-main event, Dan went out in the limb and was silly and, and took his favorite fighter, Lauren Murphy, even though he knew she wasn't going to win. And she did nothing in the fight. Her corner thought she was winning. But other than that, um, Valentina Shevchenko is just too good. She is better than everyone, every female fighter in the world other than other than that Amanda Nudes um, lady. Um, regardless of weight class or, or uh, organization, I think Shevchenko's 
very close to Nunes as, as the best fighter, best female fighter on the planet. Yeah, I don't think she's ahead of Nunes, which is uh, a thing that they said on the broadcast. Where she no, did, you can't she say that. that. She like, beat her. She lost to her twice. For well, that, that's what I was saying. Not only has she lost to her twice, too, but, like, also look back at, at who they beat. And, and, and no offense to the women at flyweight right now, because but flyweight is not the prettiest of divisions. Like, no. Shevchenko's big win is Joanna Jan Jacek in a division she doesn't belong in, right? Like, yeah. that's her best win. But, like, she's got to win over Jessica I. She's got to win over Jennifer Maya and Caitlin Chokagian and, and Liz Carmouche and, like, Priscilla Cachoeira. Like, that is not, like, a murderer's row of fighters. And then you look at what Amanda Nunes has done, dude. Amanda Nunes has the craziest line. She knocked out Cyborg. She knocked out Holly Holm. She knocked out Misha Tate. She knocked out Ronda Rousey. Nothing more needs to be said, dude. Like, that is an yep. incredible – and that's not even talking about her wins over Jermaine Durandamy, which, granted, it was by decision. But, like, beating Jermaine Durandamy is no small feat either. Beating Valentina Shevchenko twice. You know, you can add Raquel Pennington or – oh, no, she did knock out Jermaine Durandamy. She'd beaten her twice and knocked out Jermaine Durandamy. She's knocked out or – no, she's knocked out every single – women's featherweight and women's bantamweight champion in history. She's knocked both divisions champions all the way out. Amazing. Yeah, so like, it, uh, yeah. You, you can't possibly sit there and say somebody who's knocked out two divisions worth of champions is not as good as somebody she beat twice. Yeah, exactly. But let's not take anything away from Shevchenko. She's, no, she's uh, amazing, as, as she showed last night. It, it you know, the, the complaint you get about her and watching the fights, you're like, it feels like she could finish it at any, any time if she just chose to, but she sticks to game plans and fights safe and uh, doesn't ever get caught with anything. But she it always seems like, it, like... She very much feels like late career John Jones. Yeah, um, that's true. Yep. Like, yeah, she, she could... She doesn't probably, crawl out on her hands and knees. Other than yeah, that, yeah. But she <laughs> could she could just, like finish it pretty soon, but chooses not to because she's like, well, that's an unnecessary risk. I'll just uh, beat yeah, the piss yeah. out of them anyway. Um, exactly. You know, in, in I'm just going to say something real quick. You, you asked me who's next for Volkanovski. Yeah. I'm looking at these rankings right now, dude, and I literally cannot find anybody on these rankings who makes sense for Shevchenko next. That was the next question. Maybe it's Volkanovski, Shevchenko then. <laughs> um, yeah, that's probably not true. Look, I- I'll it's say like this: it, like, it depends on how much time she needs off. Yep. Um, but I'll say like waiting kind of in the wings is probably, uh, and we're going to talk about her in a second. Talia Santos. Yep. Um, she looked really good against Roxanne Matafari. Um, yep. Alexa Grasso probably needs another win or two as well. But like either of those two. If they, like, gave either of those two Jessica Andrade next and they handled the, the situation, I could see that happening. But, like, I mean, you go down the, the rankings right now, Jessica Andrade is one, is recently lost to her. Caitlin Chokagian, definitely not getting a shot again. Lauren Murphy just got beat. Jennifer Maya just got beat. Cynthia Calvijo got beat last night. Joanne Calderwood coming off a loss to Lauren Murphy. Man, like, that is that is not a good run of t- a top six. Is, is that's what it looks like? Yeah. Yeah. Like it, that's brutal. I mean, I guess 
No, and Viviana Rio is is coming off a loss to Caitlin Chokagian. Like, you might be talking about a Caitlin Chokagian rematch next if she's staying in the division because she beat Cynthia Calvillo and Arroyo in a row. She's won two straight, so three or four, so maybe, yeah. Yeah, and, and like, her title fight is the least far away. But, like, yeah, like, it's crazy to think about, like, what do we need to give her right now? And I know people are talking about super fights for her right now. Like, she could go fight Nunez again. But, like, I don't know about you, but, like, are you jacked up for a Nunez fight again? No. no Neither. I've already, like, I've already seen it twice. And people keep saying, like, it's the only thing. And, like, it's not the only thing. Nunez is challenging. Just let her just, you know, just keep feeding her challengers. Who, yeah, you know, like, like that, that's, that's how people become legends, basically. That's how the, you know, the world, John Jones, you know. Jones would, they just kept feeding him people too. Just GSP, they, kept making us, they kept making us believe yes. people were going to beat GSP. I thought Dan I was, Hardy, I thought is, Dan Hardy was a legit challenger. <laughs> it wasn't Dan Hardy for me, but it was uh, Tiago Alves. Yeah, um, me too. That was yeah, the one. Yeah, that UFC was, 100, Tiago Alves. Yeah. They had me convinced it was going to like fucking kick GSP's face off. And like, <laughs> dude, they did that every. It felt like every month they were telling me somebody was going to be GSP. And, and man, maybe. Either I was young and naive at the time, or the UFC's hype machine just used to be way better for challengers. Yes, and and, and they never seem to be fans of GSP anyhow, despite him bringing in mountains of dough for them. Uh, I think he yeah. was a bit too bit too difficult for them. They like their athletes to to keep the mouth shut and and uh, show up in the cage every three months or whatever. So, um, Shevchenko. Uh, on my MMA site, MMA-Manifesto.com, she is coming through as the big star of the night. She All the traffic is headed towards her over, even over Nick Diaz. Like, she's head and shoulders above everyone else, which I found a little bit surprising, but but she maybe she's become a legit star now. Yeah. Uh, well, it's not terribly surprising to me. You know who would be a kind of interesting one for her to fight now that I'm thinking about it? Macy Barber. Yeah, fucking Macy Barber um, no. Uh, Why? You, you would like Macy Barber to get beat up by Valentina. Yeah, she would, she would die. But I, I, would, also enjoy that. Be, I would also just be mad because Macy Barber would talk about how she earned this title shot at this age, and you'd be like, yeah. you didn't. Um, okay, sir, but go ahead. It, it would make me mad. Um, but also, Whaley Zhang would be fun. It's too bad they're giving her the yep. rematch with, with Rose Nami Yunus. Cause like, Unnecessary, but yes. It, it's, sort of, it's sort of unnecessary, but like, if you need time to build up an actual flyweight challenger, heck, run Caitlin Chokagian versus Alexa Grasso or Talia Santos or, or any of those fighters. And in the meantime, let her fight Whaley Zhang because Whaley Zhang wants a title shot, probably doesn't deserve it. You could give Carla Esparza the, the strawweight one that she actually deserves. Because um, yeah. it's not like uh, Carla can go up and fight 25 because she used to fight you know, 105. She used to play Adam weight, but she's a cookie uh, monster though. Just eat some more cookies. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that's the kind of weight she wants to put on, no. but yes. Uh, but my, my point being, there are probably some straw weights we could use. It is also too bad that like, uh, Tatiana Suarez pulled out of this fight that we're going to talk about later with, um, Roxanne Matafari because she looked good in that fight. We could definitely be talking about her fight in Shevchenko yep. too. Yep. I, I, Personally, I don't really even care who it is. Just keep feeding it. It seems like she wants to stay active. She actually, um, on my site, she's actually rated higher than Noons just because she's 
she's had more fights. I only based it off of uh, the past five years of, uh, of performance from my performance rankings, and she has two more fights than Nunes, so she's actually ranked a little higher. Nunes has eight fights. She has, well, I only, only go back ten fights, but I'm sure Shevchenko's had even more than ten fights over the past five years. So point being, she, she seems to like staying active, so whatever, just figure it out and feed her another uh, feed her another uh, victim, and uh, and we'll watch it. Yeah, I kind of agree uh, with that. Well, let's find out. Let's find somebody else. I got something you can feed your hair if you're having trouble with your hair, Dan. Keeps. Keeps offers a simple, stress-free way to keep your hair. Convenient virtual doctor consultations and medications delivered straight to your door every three months. You don't have to leave your home. Low-cost treatments start at just 10 bucks per month, and Keeps offers generic versions. Discreet packaging and proven results. Keeps has more than five-star. Has more. I always mess this part up. Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors. Prevention is key. Treatments can take four to six months to see results, so act fast. If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to K-E-E-P-S dot com slash SGP to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's Keeps, K-E-E-P-S dot com slash SGP to get your first month free. K-E-E-P-S dot com slash SGP. Let's say PixWise, too. PixWise is the number one app for sports betting, helmed by a team of trend-watching, data-bearing sports fanatics, giving the who, how, and why behind every prediction for every game, every day, and every sport. Loaded with best bets, props, and parlays, you can find in-depth analysis in every game, all for free. Found your pick, search the latest sportsbook promotions to sign up an account, compare the odds, and finally place your bet. Download the free PixWise app now to make your back, your next bet better. That's what it says. PixWise backs responsible ga- gambling gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right. We're like 40 minutes into it, and we're only, what, only get two fights. we got to move it now, Dan. Let's move it. Um, I guess we can't really zip through the next one. Um, Robbie Lawler. We can TK. zip through the next one. I'm yeah. positive we can. Yeah. Robbie Lawler. Uh, okay. Oh, I forgot to say how we dig. I'll, I'm sure Y'all care about how we did here. Okay, we, we both have Volkanovski Adam as my locks, so and I'm I'm now fifteen and nine on locks for the year, but I'm still down about eighty four bucks, so I'm in the hole still there. Um I had Shevchenko, I made six sixty seven off that on a hundred dollar bet. Um and then the next fight Dan was silly again to pick Nick Diaz and I had Robbie Lawler, so I got this one right. Um Diaz looked better than I expected. He does look old and he was out of shape. Um, and his punches don't have much on them, but <laughs> all that being said, he, it was, it was basically a typical Nick Diaz performance. He lost, but, but looked pretty good doing it. Um, that's basically what his whole, he's supposedly a legendary fighter, but, um, I went through his resume, like trying to figure out like why people think he's so legendary. Uh, it's not based on his wins. Like I said before, his best wins are probably Lawler, the original Lawler fight, but they were both super young in their careers. And then, he beat Takanori Gomi, which got overturned because he was smoking weed. Other than that, I dare you to tell me one other elite or legendary fighter he's beaten in his career. Yeah, I've I've never been like one of the Diaz guys, but I will say he, he looked better than I thought he did. And yeah, you know, I, I'm I am a little bit off put by how bad his like cardio seemed because that was one of the things that made me think he was going to be all right in this fight like he, he's yeah. his output is usually high and his cardio doesn't usually wane but he like got hit a couple of times and looked like there was nothing left in his tank and I, I think that's yeah. really all you need to know about this fight is that when he got hit it looked like he didn't want to be there anymore um and up until then it looked like he might want to be in this fight actually um yeah. I mean like he got knocked down and uh they asked him to stand up and he just said nah 
Um, and it didn't look like he had any injuries other than like maybe his nose was broken. Um, Robbie, Dal- Robbie Lawler did that to Roy Madonna too, to be honest. To, yeah, to be so, so, enough, like, so. so let's not be too mean about it. Uh, but yeah, no, um, I would say weird fight. We always knew it was going to be weird. And, yeah. uh, you know, Nate Diaz doesn't look like he wants to actually fight, which is maybe not the most surprising thing in the planet because he's never like How about Nick Diaz? Not oh, Nate yeah, Diaz. Nate same, same. You know, they're, they're two different they're guys, the, right? They're you know the that? same person. They're the same person. It, it, it's still strange. <laughs> you don't, like, it's strange that they're not really tight anymore, it seems. Like, you don't see them in each other's corners or anything anymore. Yeah, I think mostly that's because they realize they need, have a need for, like, real corners. And, like, neither of the other one is, like, a. Uh, they're not particularly good corners. And they've got, like, yeah. you know, they, they've got a slew of good dudes in their corner. Yeah. So, like, just keep riding those guys out instead. Um, so, yeah, not not terribly surprising, but, like, a weird fight, just like we thought it was going to be. But both guys actually look look better than like Lawler looked, you know, considering the competition he's he's facing here. But he looked better than he has as of late. Also, um, will we see Nick Diaz again in the octagon? No. And we no. Are, you think that's it? I think that's it. I, I don't okay. think he wanted to do this one. I think they must have made the price right. And you know, as we're going to talk about later on in the card, it got two of his guys into the UFC, um, which yep. is it had to have been part of the contract at least for one of the two. Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't think we see him again. He doesn't enjoy this. Yep. Uh, this fight we definitely don't need to talk about. Yawn, yawn, yawn. Curtis Blades wrestled Jorginho Rosenstrike 30-27, 30-27, 30 Just as we predicted, we, we did get the pick right, but yeah, not much else to say with, about that. Blades is, Blades is the gatekeeper of the heavyweight division, uh, of the elite of the heavyweight division, like the top five gatekeeper. I think he's got more potential than that. I think you could definitely see him win a title at some point in time. Because of matchups, of course, yeah. Yeah, like, and like, you know, like, let's take Surreal Game. Like, if Surreal Game went in there and, and like, peppered Francis Ngannou for five rounds and won a weird decision, I'm not sure he does that well against Curtis Blades. Like, Curtis Blades just gets in on his legs and lays on him, and I think he does yep. that well enough to maybe beat Surreal Game. Whereas, like, because Gain is not a big puncher. Uh, and the only people yeah. who have ever beat Curtis Blades are, is big punchers. Yeah. And not even all of them, right? Like, he's lost two, in Ngannou. Two of them, to be exact. Yeah, Ngannou twice in, in Derek Lewis once. And they're two of the best big punchers in history. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think uh, he did exactly what we thought he was going to. But I also am maybe a little hesitant to call him a gatekeeper. Yeah. No, I meant the of the uppermost of the poppermost, like uh, the very top. Uh, if you get past him, then you get a title shot, basically. Um, he, he's like the final boss before the final boss. Um, he was Dan's lock pick, so uh, Dan got minus three twenty five on him. So now you're at twelve and twelve on your locks, and you're only down four hundred sixty four bucks now, Dan. Great job. I can battle that back. You can totally not not with picks like your next one, Cynthia Calvillo. Dan picked and. Uh, I picked Jessica Andrade, of course, and Andrade swarmed her and battered her and didn't basically give her an inch and did what I expected her to do. Yeah, I was I was a little surprised that no aspect of her wrestling got going whatsoever. Um, yeah. It almost, I, I mean, I think maybe I'm not remembering right, but I think maybe she shot one takedown and it was, like, very ill-advised. Um, the striking of Andrade was just good enough to uh, – 
to keep her from being able to shoot those. So again, not uh, not necessarily that Calvillo couldn't wrestle, but like never got the chance to because her her striking was so bad in this fight. Why not just give Andrade another title fight if you're looking for a title challenger? Because Why she not? looks so awful <laughs> against Sheffield. Everyone she does, lo- though. That's the thing. No, 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 no. Even Lauren Murphy looked better than Jessica Andrade did against against Lauren No, no. Murphy loves, yeah. I'm saying the only person who didn't look worse against Shevchenko, or the only person who did look worse against Shevchenko than Jessica Andrade was Jessica I. Jessica yeah. I looked worse than Andrade, but apart from that, you can go back and look at any of Shevchenko's wins since she's become champ, and all of them look better. Lauren Murphy looked better against her than, like, Jennifer Maya arguably won around. Like, Caitlin Chokagian even looked better. Liz Carmouche looked better. Like, the only one who looked that bad was Jessica I, and then it's Jessica Andrade. She looked awful. <laughs> Must be a Jessica thing. Um, so that was the main card. So Volkanovski Ortega got the uh, Fight of the Night bonus on the main card. And then we, uh, on the prelims, we already talked about Devilishvili and I don't think we have anything else to say against uh, Mirab versus Marlin. Um, I got that one right, of course, and Mirab got the bonus. Um, Dan Hooker looked very, very good against Nazareth Hakpras. Uh, kudos to both guys for making weight, uh, despite all the uh, harrowing experience they had getting into the country. Uh, Hooker blanked them 30 27 30 So uh, Shout out to Hooker's hook- wrestling, too. Yeah, Man, that he looked wrestling good was- all around. The wrestling was good. No, the the wrestling didn't just look good. The wrestling looked outstanding. It looked better than his striking did. He was dodging punches during a duck under and, like, hitting really nasty takedowns. Like, if that's been in him all along, wow, like, why haven't we seen it more? And if it hasn't been in him, that is a very quick improvement uh, to see that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited, uh, you know, even coming off that t- – two-fight losing streak, and then fighting an unranked guy. I'm excited to see him mix up with with some guys right now. Maybe he's tired of playing Rock and Soccer Robot. Decided, hey, maybe I shouldn't get hit so much. Maybe I should wrestle once in a while. So, yeah, he, he looked good. Um, heavyweights, well, we both had Hooker. We both had Chris Dalkis, and we figured he would knock out Shima Abdurakimov pretty early. It took him two rounds, but he got the job done. Um, flipped him the bird, too, before, which was fun. Um my son says, hey, that guy looks like you. And he was talking, which was going to be an insult regardless. Um, <laughs> was, uh, uh, Abdur Rakhimov. So I guess I have to get keeps. I don't look like him, but I'm not as bald <laughs> as he is. But maybe that I should get keeps or I don't know. And I think also, that's the worst hmm. of the two options, by oh, the way. Oh, yeah. And also, I, I was, uh, I have to apologize on behalf of the podcast. We, we were referring, mostly I was referring to Dawkins as a sexy firefighter. He's really a sexy police officer. Yeah, that, that was pretty close. And now he called yeah. for the police officer firefighter fight. So maybe that's why. Um, oh, yes. It, he, looked, yeah. he looked good, though. And you, and you said yeah. it was shocking that, or you know, it took him two rounds. It barely took him two rounds. He, yeah, he yeah. had that knockout in the first. Yep. So this, in my performance rankings, despite him only fighting four times in the UFC, he's up to six now in the heavyweight division. He's behind... Ngano, Miocic, Gain, Blades, and Lewis. That's it. Um, he's right above Tuivasa and Rosenstrike. So, yeah, he's and Aspinall is actually right on his tail too. So, I guess they they could always do a heavyweight 
they could also they could do a uh, top contender fight between Dawkins and uh, and Aspinall, perhaps. I hate if that. If they want to kill, I, I don't like those ideas, but they, they tend to do stuff like that, it seems. Yeah, I hate that, but I do like the idea of, I would say Aspinall versus the winner of Volkov and Tybura, and okay. then and then give uh, Dawkins Curtis Blades. I think Dawkins Do- Curtis Blades makes a lot of sense. Yeah, sure. It's like, how good can Dawkins be? Like, looking at him, he's not, like, he's, doesn't look like an elite heavyweight not just based on his body like everything about his him does not scream at you like he's not a plus athlete or doesn't have an amazing body he's, not he's super really strong, fast like he's yeah, it's really true. fast for a heavyweight yeah, that's um true. and that's elite and i would also say like if, if you were just really fast and that was all you had going but he's really fast and he's knocking people out brutally so there's got to be some some heavy hands behind that speed too so I think that's elite, and it's interesting because, like, he hasn't really faced anybody who's tried to wrestle him up yet. If if he does, I don't know how that would go, which is kind of why I like the, the idea of him fighting Curtis Blades. Is like, yeah, it's like, can can he can he keep Curtis Blades off of him? So yeah, like, regardless, uh, you know, Dawkins is in a a really nice spot in, in this division, four or five and zero oh right now, and with four or five knockouts. Yep, they are. Yeah, four and zero, four knockouts. So yeah, him Aspinall, they they have some uh, up and coming guys, which is nice to see. Speaking of up and coming, Talia Santos uh, put the business on Roxy Modafari, uh, skunked her three rounds to none. Um, Santos seems to be legit. Like her wrestling was on point, which was the impressive part last night. Yeah, because she's she's largely known as like a Muay Thai fighter, but like yep. I mean, she. We had seen that a little bit before with the Molly McCann fight. She she can wrestle quite a bit. Um, yeah, I, I I think she's the real deal. You're going to see her against some top prospects or some top people in the division pretty soon because uh, you know with a Muay Thai style like that and a little bit of wrestling and clearly some pretty solid takedown defense and clinch work. Yeah, I I think she's ready for the elites of the elites in this division. All right. So who are you booking her with? Um, I mean, like anybody in that top chunk of people who like, again, you, it was hard to find somebody to fight Shevchenko because that top chunk just like isn't fighting up and comers. Like she could fight. Yeah. You could put her with Lauren Murphy next. You could put her with Jennifer Maya next. You could put her with Cynthia Calvillo next. You could put her. I mean, like a fight with Joanne Calderwood would probably be really fun because they both have that tie style. But like, yeah. yeah, like any of those people, it's time to start using the young prospects uh, to fight those older kind of stalwarts in the, the flyweight division. Yep. So we both nailed that pick. We both got, um, is it the next fight? Yes, we both got the next one wrong. I let Dan talk me out of it. Sadly, Jalen Turner um, submitted Euros Medic, but after pummeling him on the feet, then he submitted him. Yeah, I would say this. I was kind of shocked that he took it to the ground. Um, and, you know, they kind of said it on the broadcast. Like, I think DC said it when he was interviewing him. It's crazy that you keep getting submissions. And I thought the same thing. I thought he was just going to swing with Eros Medich. And uh, I liked Medich in that matchup. And it turns out that just was not the fight at all. Yep. So we – how do we get that one wrong? Was it just Turner's a better grappler than all? Yeah, than everyone? And, and I, I also – you know what? It's hard to break down a fight when, like, their intent winds up being a lot different than you imagine. 
right? Like, it, yeah. I, I did think Turner was a better grappler, and I did think if he chose to take it down, I just didn't think he was going to. Uh, he very much loves throwing hands, and he very much is quite good at it. And Medich is good at keeping distance, and I'm not sure Turner wins that fight if it stays standing for 15 minutes still. Um, but you know, he was piecing him up, though. He, he oh, had him bit. out in his feet almost. Yeah, a little bit, but again, like that, can he continue that for 15 minutes? Well, sure, maybe. Um, but yeah, like I'd say we missed this one because uh, we missed, we whiffed hard on what Jalen Turner's intent is. We sure did. You know who doesn't whiff, Dan? This is a segue. I don't whiff in my segues. Pixwise, they don't whiff. Pixwise is the number one app for sports betting picks, helmed by a team of trend watching, data devouring. Sports fanatics give you the who, how, and why behind every prediction for every game, every day, and every sport, loaded with best bets, props, and parlays. You can find in-depth analysis in every game, all for free. Find your pick, search the latest sportsbook promotions, sign up an account, compare it. I already did this ad for crying out loud, Dan. Why'd you let me do it again? You should have stopped uh, me. You should have said something, or, or you just don't pay attention to me. I, I thought you had done it already, but I then I started, to wondering Gamba, I, I, anyway. I, I started to wonder if I was having an aneurysm or something. Yeah. <laughs> we, we love picks twice, but uh, I don't mind saying it twice for you picks twice. Let's tell you about prize picks. How about we t- talk about them? We haven't talked about them yet. You can turn your picks into real cash with prize picks, my favorite daily fantasy app. It's fast and it's easy, and it all starts with prize picks. Simply pick two to five players and decide if they will go over or under their snap projection. The more players you pick, the more you can win up to 10 times your money. Price picks is the only way I play. All right, let's talk about the power play option. You bet 20 bucks, you, you pick three over and unders, you hit them, you win 100 bucks. So um, how are your picks tonight, Dan, the Sunday night baseball picks? I mean, so they would, they would, They would all be the unders right now. So the, the over-under <laughs> over, on price pick is usually 1.5 with hits and right. walks. Yeah. Uh, so if, if we go with Sunday night baseball right now, which is happening as we record Yankees versus Red Sox, I would have gone with Giancarlo Stanton, Gary Sanchez, and Alex Verdugo. I probably would have picked the over on all of them. Right now, they're all about – I think they all have one hit. So yeah, there's, so time for, there's, there's time for all of them to pick up another one at, at the time of recording here. But if you hit all three of those and you hit all the over slash unders of those, what, tell them what you – $100, oh, yeah. Dan. 20 bucks, you get 100 bucks. So five times your money. Pretty sweet. And if you use promo code SGP, you can receive 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks. That's Prifix promo code SGP. Ross brought to you by Mint Mobile. I haven't done this one yet. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by big wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I first heard that Mint Mobile offers premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month, I thought, what's the catch? But after speaking with them and using their service, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they're the first company to sell wireless service online only. But cutting out retail stores, there's no crazy overhead costs that get passed down to you in the form of mystery fees. Instead, Mint just passes on sweet savings direct to you. For people looking for extra savings, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for just 15 bucks a month. All plans come with unlimited talk and text, plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with all your existing contacts. And if you're not 100% satisfied, Mint Mobile has you covered with their seven-day money-back guarantee. Switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash sport SGP. That's mintmobile.com slash sport SGP. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month, mintmobile.com slash S-P-O-R-T-S-G-P. All right, uh, this 
the next fight we didn't get to pick because Cody Brundage took this fight on three days' notice, something like that, against Nick Maximov. They both made their debuts. Maximov came through 29-28, 29-28, 29-28. Good uh, scrappy fight for these two guys. Yeah, um, I would have liked to see Brundage not shoot that takedown in the second round. He probably would have yeah. won that fight if he had not done that. Um, clearly a better striker and uh, just kind of blew it by choosing to grapple with a guy who's a better grappler. So, yep. um, yeah, kind of disappointing. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm excited to see both of them fight again. Yep. And then the aforementioned Matthew Semmelsberger, this was an easy pick. He uh, knocked out Martin Sano Jr. in 15 seconds with the punch. Uh, Sano has no business being in the UFC, and we said that to begin with, and hence the minus 475 line on that. So we so both know that The broadcast said that too, by the way. The broadcast yeah, said that Sano was like, yeah, this is what happens when your buddy gets you a fight and you suck. <laughs> yeah, they they weren't above uh, – they were crapping a lot of people last night. They weren't, uh, they weren't above uh, – Bad-mouthing people. So, and then the uh, we we differed on our uh, curtain jerker featherweights. Dan got this one right. I'll give him credit for this. Jonathan Pierce, JSP, won via submission in the second round against Omar Morales. So I whiffed he turned on that it, one. Dan got he plus one thirty-two. He turned that into a really gritty fight, which I yep. I appreciate. Um, and yep. and sort of tired Morales out, and made him not want to be there. So, yeah. Uh, J JSP, the sacrilegious JSP. nickname, uh, exactly. took took it there. <laughs> and then the other bonus went to Dawkins, um, for his um, knockout of or TKO of Abdurakhimov. Yeah, Samuelsberger should have got that because um, his was an actual like, um, his was the only legit KO on the card. All the rest were TKOs. Yeah, I I think I would still give Dawkins one over him because Dawkins looks so good and some yeah, Sandelsberger okay. like one touch KO to guy who had no business being in there. It was like one touch mm, KOing true. like you or me. Uh, but um, I, I'd still give him one over Marab Dvalishvili. Um, so if you wanted to give Marab a, a little bonus, it should have been a second fight of the night. Yeah, that is true. That is true. All right, so good fights. Um, good night for my picks. Ha ha ha. That is all I have to say. Um, we have another event. This is the one that's very profitable for all of us. Um, we've got Dana White's Contender Series, week number five coming up, right? Yes, week five. And you, you, you said a few weeks ago this was a week you had your eye on, right? Yeah, I do. Um, there's like three or four guys who are really exciting, including two that are fighting each other, uh, which wow. is kind of kind of tough to make that pick. But uh, yeah, there, there's a bunch of people I'm excited about. And Dan is. Do you remember? Yeah, you, you said last was the last uh, show. You said how much you were up over the past few shows. It's you, you're killing four, it. With four four hundred four hundred bucks, I believe. Four or five hundred bucks it was uh, over a, a two episode thing stint. So Fantastic. yeah. Yeah. All right, well, let's break down this week. Last two sponsors, and then we'll get to it. Odds Crowd, are you the best football batter in the U.S.? The folks at Odds Crowd are challenging you to prove it this football season with their epic free-to-play fantasy betting contest. Each week of the season, there is a $350 NFL contest and a $250, $250 contest. Slow down, Jeff. The boys here at SGPN are all taking part, so you can try to claim bragging rights over us, too. Here's how it works. Once you're under a contest, you track your bets against real odds and lines, much like you would with any pick tracking app, the most profitable players rise up the leaderboard. If you have the highest profit at the end of the contest, you win. And Oddscrowd isn't just fantasy betting contests. It's a social app for sports bettors. 
free to download. You can live group chat with other bettors, track your bets, set up private fantasy contests with your buddies, and much more. So download the app for free or go to oddscrowd.com today. And if you download your apps and you haven't already, make sure you download the SGPN app. We're now live in the App Store and Google Play Store. We give, it gives you easy access to all our picks, all the podcasts. You can get notifications when the pods drop. You can read all the articles we have on there, um, all the different promos we have from different sports books, all that stuff. So grab the app, and if you can toss us an app review, that would be fantastic. All right. Um, let's break down the Dana Wick Dinner Series season, uh, sorry, week five. This is actually number show number 41 in the series. Um, and all of our degenerates on the SGPN Slack channel in the fights uh, fights board on there are making a killing off this, as is Dan, as he says uh, every week, because I guess we're just that damn good at making picks, or Dan is at the very least. So let's start off with the uh, opener, heavyweights, Rizvan Kuniev versus Edivan Santos. Um, I actually have some info for you. Santos, his nickname is Pay de Sapo. Do you know what that means, Dan? Uh, D-E space S-A-P-O. It's got to be something shoe, right? So, froggy. Sapo is, it, it apparently translates to froggy, it says. So. Oh, sapo, sapo means shoe. Oh, oh no, yeah. that's Sapato. That's Sapato. Never mind. Because yeah, uh, shoe face is Cara de Sapato. Oh, there you <laughs> go. There you go. All right, uh, let's break down Santos first. He is 12-2. and two. With one no contest, eight knockouts, four submissions. So all of his wins are via finishes. Uh, he's won four straight fights, all via finish, obviously. Uh, he's and he has an 11 fight uh, undefeated streak on the uh, on the go right now. He's at plus 210. Uh, Kuniev nine two and one with four knockouts, one submission. Never been finished in a fight. He's won seven straight fights. He got a TKO his last fight, and he's at minus 250. Do you have you seen other of these guys, Dan? Yeah, I've seen everybody on this show. So uh, let let me kick off this. If you are one of the DGENs out there listening to this breakdown and you're looking for a fight to make money off of, just dump as much money on Rizvan Kuniev as you want um, because he's going to absolutely slaughter a deviant Santos. Santos's last three opponents are a combined two and thirty-five uh, at the time <laughs> of fighting him. He has fought the worst kind of cans, and if you look at one of his last fights, he fought this like big fat dude um, in one of his recent fights who was zero and five. His name was Davi Lucas. He was zero and five, and he was he looks terrible. But he put Santos up against the cage early and kind of just controlled him there and held him there. And then when he let go, eventually Santos just, like, battered the dude's face. But he was able to hold him against the cage. And now Santos is going to fight a guy who specializes in holding people against the cage and getting takedowns from there in Rizvan Kuniev. So this could not be a worse stylistic matchup for Santos. And it is about a 7,000% step up in level of competition I think even at the negative 250 number, uh, Kaniyev is, is like a really smart pick here. You actually, <clears throat> excuse me, you actually said dump all your money on him, correct? That That is uh, not all your money. I, I think there's probably... Not all a, your money? Yeah, there's probably... I guess it depends on what kind of a degen you are. <laughs> well, the people listening in are pretty degenerate. Uh, pretty degenerous. They're degenerous with their money. Um, <laughs> all right, moving on. <clears throat> so, Clear my throat. Uh, lightweights, Lucas Almeida, Daniel Zellhuber. Uh, do we have nicknames? Let's see if we have nicknames. Zellhuber is the golden boy. Almeida is nothing. Uh, Almeida is 12-0 as a pro, though, with eight knockouts, four submissions, so nothing but finishes for him. 
He has not bought since November of 2019, and he is coming in at plus 145. Uh, Zell Huber, the golden boy, he's 11-0, seven knockouts, two submissions. He's won five straight fights via finish. He's two inches taller, eight years younger. He's at minus 160. Have, have you, you said you've seen everyone on this card? I've seen everybody on this card. Wow. All right, break yeah. this one down. I, I will say this. Uh, if there is a fight to stay away from, it's this one. Um, okay. Because it's got a really weird stylistic matchup here because both guys like the slug. Almeida is really good at backing people up and just, like, having wild pressure. Throws a ton to the body. Zellhuber is, meanwhile, like, a much more technical striker. He cuts angles really well. He's got nice counters. So I'm going to pick Zellhuber here, but but the fact that, like, he's probably going to get backed up for the vast majority of the fight, like, it, like, worries me a little bit. Like, if Almeida has gotten a little bit better at, like, cutting off the angles and getting to good positions and, like, making sure that Zellhuber doesn't just circle away every single time they go to exchange, like, he could have a lot of success here. And, like, who knows, maybe the shots to the body hurt Zellhuber, but... I like Zell Huber's technical approach here. I just don't like it enough to lay it like negative 160. All right, let's move on to middleweights. Aaron Jeffrey, KL Borello. Borello? Yes, Borello. Um, he's the natural is his nickname. Jeffrey does not have a nickname. Uh, the natural is 8-1 and one with one no contest, three knockouts, three finishes. Sorry, three knockouts, three submissions. He's never been finished in a fight. He's won five straight fights, and he's been he's undefeated in eight straight. He's at plus one forty five. Aaron Jeffrey is a Canadian. Um, take for what it's worth, not too far away from my place in uh, Niagara Falls. He's ten and two with seven knockouts, one submission. He was on the Contender Series before, where he lost. Uh, he lost to Brendan Allen. Oh, yes, Brendan. He also has he not fought Sean Brady too. I think he's fought Brady. Uh, maybe on the regional circuit. I know he fought yeah. Andre Petrovsky off of the Ultimate. Right. Fighter. Yes, he beat Andre Petrovsky yeah. too. Yep. Interesting. All right. So he's won four straight fights. Uh, he is from Canada. I have that written down here, too. Uh, he's an inch taller than Barallo. He's minus 155. What are you thinking of this one? I'm going to go with Barallo. Um, and I, this How dare is the, you? This is the fight I previously pointed out that I like both fighters, because I do like Aaron Jeffrey mm. quite a bit. Right, he's yes, good, yes. He's really fun at stuffing takedowns and, like, throws good knees to the body against the cage. That's actually how he stopped Petrovsky. But my my biggest problem is here is that, like, Baraldo is, like, not the guy who's going to shoot takedowns and fight a gritty fight with Jeffrey. He's got, like, this long karate st- – he, he kind of looks like Machida when he fights a little bit. He's got that very wide karate stance. He jumps in and hits his combinations and jumps right back out. And I think that that probably doesn't – like, Aaron Jeffrey is not built to deal with that. Um, he wants the fight to be gritty and dirty, and he's going to fight a guy who's just, like, too far away from him all the time and has pretty good knockout power, I would say. Um, And so uh, while I think Jeffrey might even be, like, one of the more fun prospects on this whole season, the style matchup here is really terrible for him. And, uh, yeah, I I think Barallo is going to be the kind of guy who's going to score an upset here. So uh, what what number did you quote me at? Plus 135. 145, 145. even better. Yeah, I like him a lot at that number. Yeah. All right, that number is going to plummet now that Dan has said he's picking them. But uh, get... Make sure you subscribe to our main feed, MMA Gambling Podcast feed. Then you'll get this podcast directly in your ears the second we drop it rather than having to wait a day or two for it to go out in SGPN. So, because Dan changes the lines. Um, lightweights, Chris Duncan, 
Manuel Gotcha. I believe you said his name is uh, pronounced Gotcha, right? Yeah, you, you nailed that. Gotcha. Because awesome. yeah. that's a fantastic last name. G A X H J A for those of you at home. Um, Duncan is the problem. Gotcha. Does, when you have a last name's Gotcha, you do not need a nickname. Um, Gotcha is seven and zero. Oh, another under. We have got a lot of a lot of people are going to lose their O's on this card. It looks like um, a lot of undefeated people. Seven and zero, oh, three knockouts, two submissions. Uh, he's got two straight finishes. He has not fought since February of 2019. He's four years younger than Duncan. Uh, he uh, is formerly a featherweight. This will be at lightweight. Plus 270 coming back on him. Uh, the problem, Duncan, 7-0 also. All finishes, though, with him. Six knockouts, one submission. He was 3-0 in Bellator. He's two inches taller than Gotcha, minus 330. Is this the one where you're taking the big underdog, Dan? I am going to take the big yes. underdog here. I like Gotcha. 70, everybody. That's a, that's a fun one for me. He's another one kind of like um, if you go back early on the card to, to Edvian Santos. Gotcha has fought really terrible competition. They're not 0-10, though, or they're not 1-12. They're like... 0-2 oh, or 2-1. Like, he's so fought a lot of, like, people. He, he's, he's fought a lot of inexperienced people. Not necessarily yeah. bad, but inexperienced. And the difference for me between him and Santos is, though, is that he's embarrassed everybody he's fought. Like, in a way that it looks like they have no business even being in the same, on, on the same event as he does. And a lot of it is because he fought on, like, the Greek regional scene, and there's not a lot of competition there. He recently moved to the Netherlands to try to get more opportunities and then the pandemic hit. And that's why he's been out for all this time. But he's a guy who has taken some, some grappling contests and like done pretty well in those to try to get himself better. He's a world champion in Taekwondo. He's very flashy striking. Duncan is kind of a guy who just like plods forward and has like, you know, pretty good boxing, but like nothing all that special. I think he's going to find himself needing to grapple in this fight. And I think Gaksha has the KO power and the flashy, weird types of striking that you might see one of those, like, absolutely crazy KOs in this fight. And for for that, for being 2 plus 270, I, I think you have to go with that number. Very nice. Back-to-back uh, sizable dogs, too. Um, go to the main event. Light heavyweights. Lucas Sudalski, Igor... Pateria, I've seen him listed as – I've seen his name spelled a bunch different in, depending, on, uh, depending on what site you go on. So I believe it's Igor Pateria or something like that. Is that right, Dan? That sounds right. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> kind of like the Alexio Linux thing where that, that yeah. name's been spelled yep. 700 different ways. So I'm hoping he does not get a contract just for that, for that sake so I don't have to worry about uh, spelling his name on the sites. Um, he's the duelist. Uh, he's going against – Pachella is Sadowski's nickname, which translates to B, I believe. Uh, I think it's um, Flea, if I'm not mistaken. It's flea? Polish, right? Yeah. I, okay. I'm pretty sure that means Flea. Some of the flies and buzzes is what yeah. he is. Um, all right. Um, the man with multiple spellings of his name, Igor or Ihor. Uh, 18 and 2, 8 knockouts, 6 submissions. He's won 14 straight fights. He's won two, uh, two of those. The last two of those. How about I'm trying to say the last two of those are have come via finish. It's almost time to wrap this up, folks. I'm running out of words again. Uh, he's three years younger than Sadowski. He used to be a middleweight. He's moving up to light heavyweight for this fight, and he's at plus 185. Sadowski's the opposite direction. He's a heavyweight moving down to light heavyweight for this fight. Uh, he's 8-0 with five knockouts, one submission. He's either a B or a flea, or maybe he's a hybrid. 
Uh, he's got three straight finishes. He's an inch taller, and he's at minus 220. Is this worthy of a main event on this card? I think so. I, I kind of like Sadolsky. Yeah. Uh, I, I would say the one thing that worries me a little bit about him is he when he walks forward, his chin's kind of high. Um, which when you're fighting at light heavyweight, I, I don't know how long your longevity is going to be unless you fix that. Um, but luckily for him here, Patera is a guy who kind of rushes forward and winds up in a lot of clinches, and Sudalski is a guy who's got a lot of takedowns. Um, he, he works well with takedowns in, in clinch positions, with trips. He's got a nice double leg. He can put you up against the cage and finish the takedown there. He's got a whole bunch of good takedowns in a lot of different places, and – when he gets to the ground, he does really good work with grounded pounds. He likes the half guard position for grounded pound. I've seen him use a little knee on the belly, which you don't usually see all that much in MMA, but he's he's got good ground and pound from there. So while like Poteria has got like maybe even a little bit more technical striking and definitely better technical defensive striking, I think he's just going to wind up on the bottom here. And, and Sadalski is going to probably just pour it on in every single round, if it even makes it that far. So um, I like Sadalski in this one. And at the price, I don't hate it. Um, I definitely don't like it as much as I liked uh, Kuniev on the beginning of the card. But but it's right. it's probably worth playing if you're going to mix into a parlay, maybe even with Kuniev. All right. So we got three favorites, two dogs. Do you want to throw a parlay or any props out there? Or are you cool just picking them all straight up? I think I'm good picking them all straight up. I would say um, if you if you wanted to get action on that Zell Hoover Almeida fight that I didn't really love, um, I'm guessing the uh, I'm guessing the under is going to be probably the thing that gets pounded the most in this because both guys swing a lot. But right. I kind of think Zell Hoover's like elusiveness and the way he circles off the cage is going to make the over hit, whether it's one and a half or two and a half. I don't really hate either of those numbers. So like if you want to put Dijen money on every fight, which we always tell you to do, um, maybe put the over in that one instead of picking a winner because that, that one's a really hard one to pick. All right. Perfecto. So that will be Tuesday night. Um, and if if uh, you want to sign up to our Slack, everyone will be talking about the fights on the Fight Channel on Tuesday night uh, and talk about how much money they won thanks to Dan. Hopefully. Um, so that uh, we'll be back Wednesday to uh, review that and to preview uh, next Saturday's fight card, UFC fight Nate Santos versus Walker, a.k.a. Jeff Fox's birthday bash is what it's, it's what it's called, I believe. That's what it says on Wikipedia, at least. Uh, Saturday, October the 2nd. So we got Diego Santos versus Johnny Walker in the main event. Kevin Holland, Kyle Dawkins. Hey, and the other Dawkins brother in the co-main event. Um what else is of note here? Aspen Ladd, Macy Chason, that's that's a decent fight. Antonina Shevchenko, Casey O'Neill, that's that's a decent fight. Uh, anything jump off the page at you, Dan? Um, in this next fight card, I mean, I yeah. I do really like. Mostly, I just really like Johnny Walker in any fight he's about to yep. be in because, yep. like, man, dude, is, is he, he is he good? Do you know if Johnny Walker's good? Mm, he's fun. That's that's my point. It's like I I have watched him a hundred times. I have no idea if he's good. Um, so that's exciting to me. The other thing I'm really looking forward to. I, I am interested if Misha Serkinov, middleweight experience, is yeah, going. That's interesting, isn't it? Like that dude is built like one solid muscle, and now you're telling yep. me he's gonna lose an extra twenty pounds. Like man, I hope he's changed his diet or something. But that being said, if he 
winds up making that weight class and looking good doing it, that weight class doesn't have a lot of wrestlers. He could do right. some real nasty damage in that division, like we've seen Derek Brunson do. Like he he's got that kind of grappling game. So um, I'm interested in that one. And and again, I'm always interested in Johnny Walker because I'll be honest, I don't know if he's good. Yep, we still don't know if he's good. Um, yeah, there's I don't know if any of these upcoming fight cards this month are, are good. There's some questionable fight cards right up until or fight night cards right up until we get the UFC 267 the aforementioned pay-per-view on October the 30th but we do have a fight card every week so we got five fight cards in um in October so four fight nights with questionable uh depth and even questionable main events even now that fight uh, fights are falling off and then we got a packed pay-per-view which basically is like we said in the, the last uh podcast I believe that's seems to be the uh ufc's mo right now pump out fight cards and uh, fight night cards and uh pack the the um pay-per-views full of of all the star power yeah it's a weird move but uh i, I also think we here enjoy the prelim fighters enough that uh oh, yes. that that i i don't even mind that that's what they're doing now more than likely, if you listen to this podcast, um, you are uh, a degen and and also a fight fan. So uh, it doesn't really matter who is fighting; uh, it just matters what the number is beside the name, right? Yeah, that's is it. it. Is it a plus? Is it a minus? Uh, do I want the plus? Do I want the minus? You know, um, people that listen here bet on like digital horse racing. So come on, <laughs> come on now. Um, all right, we've given them enough. Uh, we're getting closer and closer. We were over an hour and a half last podcast weren't we it's crazy and this one is getting close to an hour and a half too crazy too much talking dan too much talking we're giving these people so much uh content for their for nothing they don't have to pass a thing dan they just have to listen to my ad reads what a deal yeah i'd say that's a deal <laughs> amazing deal all right um let's put this one to bed uh follow us i'm so close to a thousand followers on twitter i'm like 30 away so um next 30 people that follow me on twitter Gumby will come to your house and give you a kiss. How's that? How's that? Is that a deal? I I don't I don't think I signed off on this at all. No, well, uh, this this is my show. You're just the associate host. So, uh, every, next thirty people to sign up, uh, follow me at Jeff Fox Writer on Twitter. Uh, you'll get a special surprise, Gumby at your door. Uh, you can follow him too if you aren't already. Uh, I think everybody already is. So Gumby Vreeland, he's at. Uh, you can read our stuff. SportsGumbyPodcast.com. We're running out NBA previews every day. Uh, Football, football, football is going crazy, blowing up on the website, of course. Dan's uh, Contender Series articles that go up every Monday are actually the most, other than football, you're, those articles are bringing in the most traffic, Dan. They're super popular. Well, look at that. I'm, I'm popular. They like me. I, I <laughs> guess they do. I, I think it's kind of a niche thing. I don't think a lot of people are pick, are putting gambling picks out for this, and it, I'm sure it doesn't hurt that you're absolutely killing it with your picks, too. Well, and we'll just kill it this week then too. So exactly. make, sure you, make sure you read it because I've got the written yep. the written portion of uh, what you just heard too. Exactly, exactly. Um, let me see Twitter. You can read our MMA stuff at MMA-manifesto.com. Also, we'll have uh, we'll have all our stuff leading up to this fight night, all our uh, scouting reports, previews, all that type of stuff on there. Rankings, salary info, all that jazz, and our pick em, uh No, scratch that. I'm not doing a pick 'em this week. So. Forget I even said that. Um, I think that's all I really need to tell you. Um, whose turn is it to take us home, Dan? Is it yours or mine? I think it's your turn. 
Right, this train, Dan, is is it hit the end of the track by now, or is it chugging on to something else? <laughs> I think we I think we reached the station or something, right? I, I think we maybe reached the station. <laughs> All right, I am Jeff Shock Juice Fox, and he is Daniel Gumby Vreeland, and we are out of here. See you on Wednesday. 